Hello and welcome. Legally Brief presents the Child Athlete Abuse Podcast. I'm your host, Judy Saunders. I'm a lawyer, mother, and survivor. I work with competitive youth athletes, survivors of abuse, and their families who are dealing with abusive authority figures. This podcast is for anyone who is fed up, dealing with fear, and searching for answers. I really hope that you enjoy the contents of each episode, but remember, it is never a substitute for speaking directly with an attorney who knows and understands your unique circumstances. If you're looking for past episodes, head on over to my website, jsaunderslawfirm.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the newsletter. And one more thing, don't forget to rate and review the show and leave a comment. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get into the show. On Thursday, August 26, I had the pleasure of attending Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney's book launch for her recently published book entitled Strong Women. Congresswoman Maloney, for those of you that do not know her, she represents New York's 12th Congressional District and was first elected in 1992. Now, I do share a bit of a crossover with Congresswoman Maloney's world because also in 1992, that was a very pivotal year for myself. It was the year that I was finally getting my first job, and that job was on Capitol Hill. I was deeply involved doing something that I loved, working in politics and working for the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee. That year, 1992, also marked what many people may have termed women who were storming the Hill. It was really newly elected congresswomen and female senators who were coming to Capitol Hill, entering politics, many of them for the first time, not only because it was one overdue, because we want to have a diversity of women in politics, but also in 1992, the election of women to the United States Senate and Congress was in direct response to the fallout, to the what was going on, and a response to the Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas hearings that were the hearings for Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Thursday's book launch for Strong Woman was really the highlight. It was the highlight of my day, August, the month, and also of the summer. It was an intimate affair where the guest, about maybe 30 to 40 of us, we sat in a semicircle and we listened to Carolyn Maloney, Gloria Steinem, who is the renowned voting rights feminist activist for not only women, but for men and for humans, and also Gloria Aldrich, who is the attorney activist who has represented and been on the other side of some of the most famous sexual abuse cases, standing up for victims. She's involved with the Harvey Weinstein case in representing victims. She represented victims in the Bill Cosby matter, coming up in the Cuba Goodings court case. She has been out there. She has been speaking and has been vocal for the rights of individuals. So this book launch was really a wonderful opportunity to be inspired and to learn and to think about these issues that have been around 
for since the dawn of time. And what are these issues? These issues are the acceptance of the voice of females in the political arena, the evolution of women's rights, and also the history and the recognition of how women and the authority and the voices of women are being better accepted and recognized in our culture. So during the conversation, there was actually a question and answer period. And this whole book launch was sponsored by D'Angelo Publishing, who is founded and run by an amazing entrepreneur and woman, Sequoia Schmidt. So I just want to say hello to Sequoia. But the book launch itself, as we're sitting, so picture this, we're sitting in a bookstore in New York City, and we are discussing these topics, listening to Gloria Steinem, listening to Gloria Allrich and Carolyn Maloney. And the conversation drifted to reproductive rights. So as a discussion began to veer to this whole issue of women's reproduction, and it led me to think about this super controversial hot button issue that has been around for years. And I wanted to think about and talk about and dedicate an episode to thinking about this issue in a new way by posing two ideas, two points of discussion. We know that one, the whole issue of women's reproductive rights, pregnancy, carrying a baby, having that baby, deciding whether the state should interfere with that, interfere with that role. There are two camps, two separate opinions and decisions. One, you can be fall into a pro-life camp or you fall into a pro-choice camp. And I am intentionally excluding individuals who are falling to those camps in the far extremes, those extremes that would call for women to have no rights, for women, for individuals to be harmed, for there to be bombings of clinics that service women. Those individuals, you really can't so much speak to them during this episode. Maybe I'll go into that at another time. But the two camps, pro-life, pro-choice, two options, two ways of thinking about it. Is there a third way? Is there a third option? And I say, yes, there is a third option. And that is what I would term pro-trust, trusting women, trusting female intelligence. The second issue and topic of discussion in this episode is calling everyone who cares about this issue, who cares about women's rights, who has a woman, a female in their life, works with one, maybe they're a sister, they're a mother, a daughter, calling us all to the table with the idea and with the intent that no one, that we're not going to hate, we're not going to enter the table or enter any discussion with labeling or othering. You're the other. I'm against you. This is a fight. I'm merely reminding with this issue of what we have been told since we were kindergartners, since we were little, since we could talk of how to be kind and how that we should listen. Now we're older. You're listening to this episode. I'm assuming that you're either a teen, a young adult, or some middle age or beyond. So what I'm doing, I'm just reminding you that at this point, 
we can listen and we can enter into these really controversial, high button, tense issues with the spirit of not attacking, not diminishing each other. And through the process, we can bring that spirit to the table and we can keep a discussion going so that yes, we can all come and listen with purpose and intent. Listen with the ability and the desire to do what I really try to practice doing, two things. When I'm really listening to you, when I'm really, say, speaking with an opposing counsel, an opposing attorney, if I'm in court and I'm listening to a judge, I am consciously lowering my shoulders. I am thinking, I want to hear I want to understand. And that's the way that I have been able to be most successful when I'm trying to move past and hear the other side and what they're trying to tell me. So the two topics that we're discussing. So first, whether there is a third option beyond just falling and digging your heels in and saying, I am pro-choice, I am pro-life. The third option that I propose today, that option being pro-trust, of women, it's the option that's based on believing that women are intelligent, trusting that women have intelligence and that they are have their own intuition that will guide them and lead them to make the right choice for their families and for their bodies. It's trusting that women are smart. We know that there are statistics that show women are less violent. They're less prone to using physical force to resolve differences. Women, it has been characterized and there has been scientific studies to show that women are nurturers, they're caregivers, they're caretakers. When, for example, women are the recipients in developing countries of microloans and they're given the financial resources, we know that women don't just take that money run off to a corner and think, how can I build a capital empire by myself? Just the opposite. Women begin to share and they take care of the community. And also, as a small aside, the payback on microloans for women in developing countries is almost a perfect rate. It's in the high 90%. Recent statistics have shown that over the course of this pandemic that has been plaguing the globe, that women entrepreneurs are exceeding and out and excelling in starting businesses and reimagining careers, professions, and family work-life balance at alarmingly high rates to the positive impact of their families and their communities. Women have made up the large majority of single household parenting, and they've been doing this since the start, since they began taking numbers. And yet, being single-family households, doing this on limited resources, the impact on our country continues to make us one of the most prosperous country. We have one of the wealthiest militaries in the world. We have some of the greatest innovators, and that's for leaders who are coming out of single-parent homes. Girls continue to excel in STEM programs, so the science and the technology. They continue to meet or exceed their male counterparts with graduation rates for high school diplomas, college degrees, advanced degrees in medicine, in law, in economics, and in the science 
So the sum of what I'm saying supports evidence in any matrix that you look at that women as a group and as individuals are highly capable of navigating life using limited resources and ultimately making positive decisions for themselves and that have a directly wonderful impact on their community. Women have thrived and grown in spite of horrible decisions, in spite of restrictions on the way they think, on access to education, on access to resources, on access to bank accounts, on access to mentorships. Women continue to thrive. And what does that mean? That really means that because we all, if you're listening to this, you are the product, the birth of a woman, and maybe your mother may not have been the perfect example of you know, what you may have liked, what I mean collectively on a whole, the female form, female intelligence, it has benefited us all. And we see that our world, that our America, that our country continues to thrive. And this leads only to one conclusion, that female intelligence, a woman's intelligence should be trusted. And that takes me back to how I can support this third choice, the third choice of pro-choice, Pro-life, no, pro-trust, pro-trust in a woman's intelligence. And that's how I believe we should be characterizing and looking for when we think about this issue that we were talking about at the book launch on Thursday night about women's reproductive rights and how do we turn this issue that continues to plague us. We're coming up on the anniversary of the Supreme Court case Roe v. Wade that expanded, redefined, and interpreted the rights of women to make a decision about when and how they can terminate a pregnancy. And it continues to this day. When I read, and I intentionally subscribe to, go to the websites and try to read the counterpoints of individuals that believe it is just violence to the world if women are in control of their reproductive rights. And I do that because, as I said, my second point and our point of discussion today is because I want to listen. I want to understand what it is. I don't want to continue to push out. I want to draw in. And if I can understand this opposing point, and this, by the way, is how I have found that I practice my craft of being a lawyer because I really want to understand what it is that you're saying. For example, here are some of the tricks that I use if I'm really trying to listen to a topic and to an issue that I feel strongly about. I first slow my breathing. I remember to breathe. I remember as a young attorney, whether I was about to deliver a argument in court in support of my position. Maybe I was about to begin a opening or conduct a closing argument. My heart would race. It still races. But the first thing I have to do is say, hey, Judy, are you breathing? That immediately reminds me to slow my breathing. And then I intentionally lower my shoulders. And then I say to myself in my head, I want 
to understand you. I want to understand. And it's amazing. I used to grab a pen and paper and begin to scribble down the notes of my opponent, so to speak, maybe a few buzzwords that I knew I would directly try to attack. I don't do that anymore. I found that when I would slow my breathing and do a couple of cues to remind myself to relax, I was then really listening and really only picking up on the pattern of what the individual was saying. A lot of times, if someone was disagreeing with me in court or someone's disagreeing with me at home, my kids, they're bringing up and they're repeating the same point of disagreement. And it could be said, you know, three or four different ways, but it's the same issue. And if you're listening, if you're listening with the intent not to hate, not to just cut the person off, you can really pick that point up and directly address it. And that's the second thing, that if we can call ourselves in, if we can try to really get to the point of contention, that's where we can get movement together. That's where I don't have to turn you into my enemy anymore and to that other person. And that's what I took away from Thursday's book launch, that the women in the room, Gloria Steinman, Gloria Allrich, these women have been, these women and others, I mean, it could, I could be here for the next two days reading off other women who were a part of the rights for women, the evolution of women's rights. Why I'm able to even be an attorney is because of these women and others. And I know it. So the two things that I want you to leave with today are that there is a third option for hot button issues, for controversy, for when you reach an impasse, in particular in the discussion about the state uh, government interfering, interjecting themselves, passing laws, you being in one camp or a second camp. I'm offering you a third option. That option is pro-trust, trusting in a woman's intelligence because all of the evidence supports and shows that women are intelligent. They are supportive of their communities collectively. And that secondly, when we reach an impasse, be it this issue or another in your professional and your personal life, that listening is the key and not listening so that you can talk, listening with the intent to understand. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court Justice, said, and I leave this with you, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. So I invite you to join me in both trusting and believing and inviting others in when you reach a dispute. It has proven to be really move my career. It has helped me be a better attorney, and I hope that it will help you also. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, be well. information and content in this podcast is provided for entertainment purposes only. Nothing in this podcast shall constitute legal advice and shall not create an attorney-client relationship. This information is general and may not be applicable to your particular circumstances. You should review your particular circumstances with an attorney. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast is hereby expressly disclaimed.